everybody, welcome to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Monday, June 17th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes, 30 under 30, a.k.a. the second best blue eyes in San Francisco, a.k.a. Boy, that's a nice jacket. At Tim Geddes. I'm never going to stop wearing this jacket, Greg. You're wearing, of course. It's if you're two not, in one. If it's an audio listener, it is the Cyberpunk 2099 jacket. Yeah. It does look good on you. Yes. 20, yeah, 27. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it so much. It I, might I, be my I, favorite you know, Spider-Man 2099, I've I just feel had it, I the market it. cornered on 2099-ness. And yeah. 2077 is just hard. Because here's my thing. I wear my bomber jackets typically once a week. Sure. But I get twice a week out of sure. this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know I mean, it's perfect. You know what I mean? What did Gia think of it? Big fan. Yeah? It was a big hit. When I turned it to the yellow side, yeah. uh, inside a, a, a building that had just a bunch of windows, so there's a lot of sun coming in. Sure, they didn't like it that much. Sure, it was, they, they it was a lot. Then uh, you just turned it black. Yeah, so you're you're right back well, to I'm it. I'm doing it. You're turning it inside out right now. Well, everybody, this is it. Does this count as wearing it twice now? No. No. Okay, you can get away with it. You think still? You can still switch them. It's the yellow is my favorite side. I agree with that. You know, uh, and I'm not. That's not to knock the black side with the patches and the in the in the samurai in the back. There it is. How much are these going for on eBay? You're telling me right now. I saw upwards of four hundred dollars. Yikes! People are crazy. Right? Nice. Just get Not rid of it. Them. Just do it. Never. I'll get you a yellow jacket for a hundred bucks. No. You know what I mean? Like it's that easy. How, How are you, you doing? doing in your post E three ness? You know, We're it's back. been a lot. It's been a lot. Yeah. I remember we got back on uh, Friday. Friday night. Late, yeah, late, late, late Friday, Friday. Got delayed night. on the tarmac. Um. So Saturday morning, I woke up and I'm like. I can't believe how much free time I have yeah. until Monday. Yeah. Wow. And now here we are. I know. I don't no. remember. I don't know where any of that time went. No, it's just, it's sand through the hourglass, of course, <sighs> is right away to it. I'll tell you what the biggest problem mm. I have now is that I'm officially addicted. I'm officially addicted to starting my morning with the Trent Ice Coffee and Woo! the Egg Bites from Starbucks. Woo! I did it, of course, Woo! during E3, uh, uh, run up to E3, the mm-hmm. conferences. You know what I mean? I did it at EA Play. Yeah. I had to do it. And now, like this morning, I woke up, no real. I guess there's no food in the house. I know I don't have my yogurt here. I'm still, we're back from E3, but we're not really back. Exactly. This weekend was like a vacation weekend where it was like, you know what? We're not doing the chore part of being in the house. House is a dump. We're playing games. We're going to the movies. We're hanging out. Like, we're going to eat out. I'm oh, not going to sit the there movies? and do this. Went and saw uh, the Dead don't die oh how was it, it I, it's weird have you well okay. you know so let's save it for screencast bring me on a friday what do you say i'll, be, I'll give you a pre-recorded segment on friday how about uh, that sounds good man all right good, okay uh, and then oh, last night i went and watched a uh, big little lies at alamo draft house mm-hmm. it's a great time yeah, yeah how big were those lies they were sometimes little and sometimes big whoa but i don't have time for that right now instead we're going to talk about the fact that is the last of us part two dated Ooh. is cyberpunk coming to pax mm-hmm. and are no man's sky fans nice because this is kind of funny games daily each and every week down a variety of platforms we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about if you like that be part of the show patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can give us your questions for the show your reviews of games you can give us everything under the video game sun for inclusion in this show then you can watch us record it live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you're watching live you have a special job keep us honest go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what facts we screw up as we screw them up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames listening on podcast services around the globe and everybody over at thatroosterteeth.com did the audio thing out of the thing it's like I said we're coming back a lot of going on mm-hmm. housekeeping uh, we are back from E3 but that means there's a ton of E3 content that went up while we were gone we understand E3 is busy but you might want to pop over 
for two videos in particular. I think the games cast where we decide game of the show. Mm -hmm. Snowbike Mike guests. He has to be the deciding vote. He just kills it. You know what I mean? He does kill it. Uh, and then, of course, this morning popping was uh, the Easy Allies crossover on the games cast. Obviously, yeah. Easy Allies content already went up of us over there talking about E3 with them. Yeah, so you can go to YouTube.com slash Easy Allies to get the video of me and Greg talking to, to them there. And then now YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. You get the games cast of them talking to us. Yeah. Also there. Also there. In, their different in a different room. Streaming you know what I mean? There. Jen's yeah. in the back of this video for a mm -hmm. little bit, so that makes it better already. Yeah. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Daniel Massey, Blackjack, Colton Yoder, and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Grubhub, Brooklyn, and Quip. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Five items on the Roper Report. Oh, Baker's dozen. Kevin's got I, I it. I appreciated the. Well, it's that thing where I'm like, I'm, I'm looking around, I'm trying to figure out how many there were. The pages were sticking together. I didn't put. It, yeah, you can see it right there. Blank. I usually write how many stories mm -hmm. are in the mm -hmm. blank spot I left, but I just left the blank. Blank. Anyways, number one is The Last of Us Part Two coming in February. This Hell, is oh my god, Joseph Noop over at IGN.com. Just think about this for a second. Sure, I'm thinking. How, how are we supposed to deal with this 2020? How are we? Is 2020 about to be the new 2018? <laughs> Probably in terms of just amazing game after wow. amazing game after month after month. It just sounds insane. I mean, if we're about to, I think we're missing February right now. If I remember correctly, we don't have a heavy hitter because in March we got Final Fantasy, April we got Cyberpunk, May we got Avengers. Damn, that wow, is good. that's a good looking. And if we year started right this off with February, whoo, November Death Stranding. Let me tell you what Joseph, friend of the show, is saying. Originally reported on by Eurogamer, three separate reports or comments indicate an early 2020 release date for the highly anticipated The Last of Us 2. First is a recent interview from Critical Role YouTube channel between voice actor Ashley Johnson, who plays Ellie in The Last of Us and plays multiple characters in Critical Role, and Critical Role creative producer Brian Foster, who are also engaged to one another. In the interview, Foster asks Johnson when the game is coming out, and Johnson begins to mouth what appears to be the word February, making a distinct f sound before Foster actually interrupts her with a follow-up <laughs> comment. I'm sure because Brian's like, oh God, she shouldn't say that. No. Uh, skip to the one hour and seven mark in the video if you want to see the exchange. Lending a little more credibility to that possible slip of the tongue is an earlier report from Kotaku's Jason Schreier. Back in May, Schreier's source informed him that Death Stranding, Hideo Kojima's upcoming game, would release in November, which turned out to be true. Along with that, Schreier says he was told that The Last of Us 2 was bumped to, quote, early 2020, possibly February with a question mark. Daniel Ahmad, a video game in industry analyst at Nico Partners, later posted on Reset Era that February 2020 is the current internal date at developer Naughty Dog for The Last of Us Part 2. It's not clear how Ahmad came about this information, however, but as we've talked about on this show before, we trust Ahmad. We've put Daniel on the show. We put up his Twitter that one time for people to go there. Tim? Yeah. What do you think about that there release date? February 2020, The Last of Us. Good date? Totally buy it. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Uh, February sounds weird to me just because I feel like we, it's typically the March mm -hmm. that we get these these PlayStation games. Sure, like God you know? of War stuff. So. Yeah. Well, even that was April, but I feel like Horizon... Mm. If I remember correctly, was was March? March? I think it was March? it was gonna be right. That was in the Raising Kratos documentary. So mm, checkmate to you. Wow, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just got it. We got wow. him. We got him. <laughs> um, second up, there shouldn't be an R in the middle of February. No, there shouldn't be. Sense. I don't. I, I don't pronounce it. Fab R, you wearing? I don't respect you, R. No, nobody um, does. I. It's great. Let's go. That's enough time from Death Stranding to to get into this. One hundred percent. February release date for Last of Us, just in terms of like how I'm feeling. 
Sounds a bit weird. Last of Us is a very dark game. Sure. I'm not feeling my darkest in February, but maybe that's just me. See, it's I it I mean, it's going to do incredibly well regardless. Oh yeah. But we always talk about those spring games, right? Actually being off to the races. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a great idea if they can actually hit February before everything else starts dropping in March yep. and April when you see it. Yeah, that's the thing is I feel like it doesn't have to get out at any time cuz Last of Us is one of those just standalone games that no matter when it comes out, it's going to kill. Of course. Um, but give it the best chance possible to, yeah. to totally dominate. People have their PlayStation 4s from Christmas. Yep. Everybody is done with the games. You know how it is. As soon as we turn into the new year, you, your old games are old. You want the new hotness. What's happening? Yeah, I feel like late January would have been a great target to then slip into to February sure. at some point. Um, but at the same time, like I still feel like even if this makes it into March, like the people that are going to buy this game in Final Fantasy VII are going to buy both anyways. True. Fair. This is exciting, though. I, I like that it's this soon because that's not a, a sure thing. Like it could definitely have been fall twenty twenty, and it would have been like, oh, makes sense, checks out. Mm. So, so this is exciting. With that done, where do you put Ghost of Tsushima? I don't know. I mean, I think that this is a very fascinating kind of turn of events. The last couple of weeks, finding this out, whether or not this is true, but knowing Death Stranding is true, we talked for years. It felt like of the big three when they're going to fall, yeah, um, and how that relates to the PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now that we have confirmation of that next Xbox being holiday 2020, still don't know the date for PlayStation, but you got to you assume, assume it's right there. It's right there. Yeah. Um, unless they pull some crazy stuff, you know, and it, they, they want to have stuff. it come out earlier in the year. Um, but I don't know where it goes. There's Tsushima goes August. Still, feel, that's always felt like an August game. Yeah, whatever year doesn't matter. It's an August game. Oh wow! Okay, you're you know? still throwing nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like does, the leaves. and this is a uh, uh, a place you can get me a kind of funny something about the leaves. dot com slash you're wrong. Uh, where Lord of Pwn points out Horizon released in February 2017, late uh, late February. Right? right, same thing as uh, uh, Zelda. Yeah. Um. However, it Zelda feels like was March. S- that's why I'm confusing them. Switch launched Horizon March third. Re- Horizon uh, February 2017, same week as Breath of the Wild and a week before Near Automata. Same week. Okay. But like it went, it crossed over from February to March. Then why don't you just let me have the chalkboard? You know what I mean? It'd be so much easier. We Give could write all this stuff. You're really going to fucking have a chalkboard that has the Horizon release date I on would, it? I would put a lot all of right. weird shit on that chalkboard. Don't worry about it. Um... I lost the point I was driving. Oh, there. Uh, PlayStation exclusives. Like big ones, mm-hmm. right? Well, I don't feel like they drop them in summertime. Right, even even Days Gone, right? Was it before it was out, obviously, before the summer? Yeah, Detroit was May. May. I think that's fine. May. I I guess Last of Us Part One dropped during E3, Mm -hmm. so June. So that's summer ish. Exactly. Different PlayStation, different time. Different thing with all their exclusives. Um, while you stew on that, Jay writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can. and says, I'm wondering if the reason we are seeing less gameplay and demos at E3 press conferences is because it's getting harder to put these demos together. We've heard before how much crunch devs have to put into getting a demo ready for E3. It's months in the lead up to E3 and has to take away time from the development of the game. This may also explain why Sony wasn't there. Not only do they not have much to show, but also Death Stranding is coming out this year, and The Last of Us 2 is rumored for February 2020. Had these developers had to make demos for E3, they may not have gotten the games out this early. You buy it? No. I think it's all just marketing decisions, and like all that stuff was decided. I I feel like Sony not being at this E3, it's, it's super clear where they just didn't want to repeat their E3 last year. They yeah. had these same games last year. Yeah. Anything they showed from this would have felt samey, no matter what it was. No matter, no matter how what, cool the demo was. No matter how cool the demo was, no matter how big the reveals were. It's like, we got our Last of Us 2 
gameplay demo. We get what that game is. We saw that chunk already. And at that point, it's just like have a release date or get the fuck off the stage. Get the fuck off. And and even then, it's like just come out. Yeah. We believe in you. Yeah. Um, Ghost of Tsushima, I think, has the most to prove. Obviously, it's a new IP. But that's why they'll get their own state of play, and it'll just be all yep. about them and have a giant yeah. demo I and mean, a giant walkthrough and what they're going to do. It's got a Death Stranding trailer to drop the release date around right. E3. That's insane. Like, and that's the thing like is, that. I think, to, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with you, Jay, in terms of it's the demo that's stopping them. I think it's just the fact of, in the, spe- what, the specific instance we're talking right now, Sony First Party, I do believe it was, yeah, they know that their E3 would be underwhelming no matter how awesome it was, right? Mm-hmm. That was their thing. I'm just like, we understand what an E3 press conference means, and we won't hit that bar, so we're not going to do it that way. They go and start the state of play business where it's like, hey, we can give you different looks at it, let alone, yeah, for Death Stranding, right? They don't need a state of play. They don't need E3. Here's, yeah. a, here's an eight and a half minute trailer. Still disagree with that. But Which part? How they did Death Stranding. Yeah. I think that should have been in State of Play. You think so? Yeah, I think it should have had a State of Play with things around it, or at least just brand it as a Death Stranding State of Play in the same way they have Pokemon Directs. Like, yeah. Strengthen that brand so it can really mean something. And you, what would you want then? You'd want it to be just exactly what we saw, or would you program it differently? Um... I'm fine with what was given to us. Like yeah. it could have been cool to have some type of like Kojima lead in yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. But uh State of Play hasn't done that really either. Yeah. So again, it's just branding. It's just a way of sure. bucketing things. But I just feel like I feel like the way they're bucketing it right now, I, I think what we got for Death Stranding doesn't match what they view as state of plays. And I guess that's my problem. Is like I don't think that's gonna be true in the future. And I yeah. think it's gonna it's you weird want them to get to it now. messaging. And I feel like might as well get it in there so that when state of play happens, like we can be like, oh shit, maybe we are gonna get Ghost of Tsushima shadow like being shown off when we don't expect it. Yeah. Instead of just like, oh, it's just gonna be VR games, or oh, it's just gonna be third party stuff. Yeah. You know, and especially hot the heels of Final Fantasy Seven being in it, like that was awesome. And then Death Stranding just kind of having its own thing, I thought was a little weird. But sure. Still it was great. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, people got a lot of eyeballs on it. So at the end of the day, People are into Death Stranding. That's not going to change. Yeah. I bet for Death Stranding, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they talk about it and uh, position it and work it out for the future. Because I don't see it being from here on out a part of State of Play again. And I don't see it getting a major point-by-point demonstration from Kojima or anybody in terms of gameplay. I think the next thing you'll see is a what an, a month or two out, a giant preview from critics and mm-hmm. press people, and then it'll be into release and reviews. Yeah. Like, I think too. that's how you do it. You have that, you have them come and talk to you rather than get a video of Kojima t- explaining transforming to you or something. I mean, we're like so transforming. We're so hey, close to that's trending now, man. November. Like, that's, I know, right? it's a real game. It's coming out. Yeah. I believe it too. I don't think it's going to get delayed. You don't think it will? Mm-mm. I don't either. <laughs> Bless you, Kevin. <laughs> Number two. Are you going to be seeing the cyberpunk demo at PAX West? According. To Giuseppe. Nelva. Giuseppe. At Twinfinite. Gis- How do I spell What's that? Oh, I was just saying Giuseppe. Giuseppe, I, right? Like, that's, I don't know if that's... I, put, like, I got too much... I, Giuseppe. I put too much on the G on the front. My apologies. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how he said That's it. how you say it, though, right? I've heard I that. Went, I went to middle school with a kid that played clarinet, and it was Giuseppe. Giuseppe. Yeah. Oh, we're in the but, middle. Giuseppe and or Giuseppe. Right in. You're from Twinfinite, and let us know how to pronounce your name, because we want to nail it. Anyways. And also, did you play clarinet? <laughs> Did you play clarinet at Tim's school? Uh, he reports, while the E3 demo of Cyberpunk 2077 has impressed many among press and attendees, it remains a mystery to the general public. Yet we do know when everyone will get to see it thanks to global community lead Marcin 
Momot, who revealed on Twitter that the demo will be publicly showcased during PAX West. If you're wondering, PAX West runs between August 30th and September 2nd. Uh, Momot also revealed uh, that the demo is running on PC, but console footage will be shown closer to release. That being said, fans on consoles shouldn't worry, as Momot mentioned that development for those platforms is going smoothly. You'll have to be content with watching, because unfortunately, at the moment, there are no plans for a playable demo released publicly. Interesting number one, that... There's a bunch of different interesting things here. Last time we went to E3, we all saw the demo. We all came out and it was awesome. It was awesome. Finally, what it was a, a while later, kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. Comment, huh? Couple months. Couple months, right? Uh, what the gap there was between E3, they just put it on out yeah. on the internet, which is great. People got to watch it. Here, I like that they're getting ahead of the messaging and being like, hey, we're not releasing it before at least PAX where yeah. we're going to go show it to the public. You imagine after PAX, it'll be put up everywhere. So there were certain things that uh, I... Remember that I might be getting wrong, so let us know, kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. But even last year, there was a bunch of teases and hints mm-hmm. in the trailers that were put out of when things were going to be released. Gotcha. And people just didn't catch on to it until later. This time, people did catch on. I think that's why they're being ah, they're, more they're public being about more it. For, um, if I remember correctly, it was like, oh, PAX is going to be like, you'll people there will see it. And then there was one other date of like, oh, that, that's when it's going to go public. Gotcha. At some point, which is cool stuff. Um, I can't wait for this for people to for see, people this. see this demo. Yeah, it's, it's so good. I mean, and like imagine the energy. Like that's the thing. It's always fun to go to a demo period and watch it. But a demo at E three behind closed doors, which we got to do, usually more reserved. Right? There's it's more press. It's more mm-hmm. industry to a PAX room of you assume that's got to be in the main theater. Like yeah. you know what I mean to have that there. People are gonna have, lose their people shit. People are gonna go man. crazy to see them. What well, was game. really cool and what's really special about Cyberpunk is I went to dinner with my friend Curran a couple days ago, sure. and he was just like. What's up with E3? Let me know all the announcements. Let me know everything. And I was like telling him all the the crazy stuff. And um, he loves Final Fantasy, especially nice. Seven. So I was like, dude, remake. Bruh. It's amazing. Blah blah blah. I was going through all that. And he's like, oh man, yeah, I just replayed Seven on Switch. And you know, he's like, I just don't know about new games anymore. Like I just I keep going back and just playing old ones. I, I think I'm, I'm not even sure I'm gonna buy the next consoles. Like <laughs> I might be out. I'm like, we'll see. We'll fucking see. Yeah, right. We go back to my house and start watching a bunch of trailers and stuff. And I'm trying to sell them on Cyberpunk. Just talking to him about it. And he's just like, I don't know. It sounds cool, but I don't know. And I'm like, all right, we can't show you what I saw this E3, but let me show you last year's demo. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, we'll just skip through it. I turn it on. 45 minutes later, yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. like, holy shit, how is this a video game? And I'm like, exactly. He's like, yeah, I guess I'm buying an next console. I'm like, you don't even need to. He's like, no, fuck it. This sold me on video games. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm all in. That's awesome. But like, seriously. Did you get him his Stadia Founders pack? Uh, no, not that far yet. Um, but I, I really think that there was a power to Cyberpunk. And, and oh, yeah. That, those dem- both demos. And rewatching the other one after seeing the new one, I was like, God, there's so much to this game that like they don't overlap with like there's so much new content in the the second demo yeah and that's two hours of many our game of the show everybody i ruined it if you didn't know but you should still watch that discussion don't worry about it. uh nana but i'll just clarify cyberpunk's e3 2018 demo went public about 2.5 months after e3 uh number three some good news for you no man's sky fans are awesome this is via gofundme uh on a gofundme page that has been started it reads hello games has put in a heroic effort to get no man's sky to where it is today as a community on we'd like to express our thanks uh the funds will be used to print and install a thank you billboard in guildford uk within walking distance of hello games uh, ltd office a portion of these funds will also be used to buy a case of beer and lunch for the team all excess funds will be donated to the sydney's children's hospital foundation so if you're catching up they, there is a gofundme started by no man's sky fans to get a billboard thanking uh the hello games team put it at their office buy their office and then buy them beer and lunch uh sean murray tweeted out the gofundme 
link and said, our community has bought us a billboard outside our office to say thank you. Oh my God. That's awesome. I thought it was very cute. Uh, they're still short of the the goal they have on there. So if you want to go over there, contribute. There's no billboard yet? Free. Yeah, from what I understand. Mm. But they're on. The, they're close. They're the going to get it. They're going to get it. Got the lunch. Oh, they got the beer and the lunch. No problem. You know what I mean? That's the oh, thing. They're going to get it. Uh, Tim. Yeah. You were somebody who heard about this George Railroad Martin teaming up over there, mm-hmm. making a Souls game, and you were interested. Oh, yeah. Then, we, sh- then we saw the demo. Or mm-hmm. the, the just the teaser trailer or whatever. Mm-hmm. You were like, mm, I don't know. Less interested. Here's, I got some news for it, all right? Mm-hmm. This is from Ezra Crab over at IGN who writes, Elden Rings is more Dark Souls than Sekiro. From Software's newest IP, Elden Ring is in the works as a collaboration between Dark Souls director. Uh, he, I, I, I hear it. It's what? It's Heidi Taka? Miziaki? Right? Oof. Okay. Never heard well, just look at it. Miz- I know, but you added a high in there that I would have said he... Whatever. We all know the Dark Souls director, and Greg's stupid. And a, and a song of Ice and Fire author, George Railroad Martin. Uh, Mizi, Mizia, Miyazaki. Miyazaki. That's that one I got. I, and, I know, and that's the problem with how stupid I am, is that I know Miyazaki. I hear it all the time. I read it all the time. And when I go to say it, I F it up. Miyazaki tells IGN that the narrative in Elden Ring will be similar to that of Dark Souls, which is known for its vague story and emphasis on environmental storytelling. Most of Miyazaki's other works, including Demon's Souls and Bloodborne, share the same traits. With a fixed main character and more concrete narrative, 2019 Sekiro Shadows Die Twice was one of Miyazaki's first games to derive from the formula. Yeah. Uh... I think whatever. Yeah, he meant something else there. Yeah, he meant yeah. It's not derive. It would be what? It would be divert from there. Divert. Uh, yes. uh, uh, Diverge. Yeah. Diverge. Thank you. Gosh, we got to get this E3 funk off us. Of. And 2018 PSVR adventure Durancine uh, was an even bigger departure from storytelling that from software fans have come to expect from him. Does that do anything more or less for you? I think this does a lot more for the community it's trying to serve. So yeah. I think that that's a good thing. To me, like the George Willard Martin part of it yeah. was what was most interesting is like the story stuff. Being, oh, it's going to be vague storytelling. That's not what I want from George R. R. Martin. Sure. Cool. This is a Dark Souls game. Awesome. Dark Souls fans are going to eat the hell out of this and they're going to enjoy it. They're yeah. going to want dessert and they're going to get dessert. They sure are. Yeah. So that's exciting. Talking to a lot of people down at E3, people are stoked about this game. They didn't get to see anything more from it on the show floor yeah, or anything, yeah. but um, you know, we, we have our, our holes when it comes to our interest in, in games. And I think the Souls series is definitely one of them here. Oh, yeah. Kind of funny. Sure. Um, so talking to Brad at Easy Allies, like he's over the moon about this thing. So Good. I'm glad everybody's happy. I was surprised you were so interested in it all. George R. R. Martin. Well, here's the thing. The rumors that were all coming out made it sound a lot more like a uh, action RPG Mega Man game. Mm. Well, you're kind of just going to different kingdoms to get powers to then go take on other places. I'm like, that sounds rad if you have a dope George R. R. Martin lore story. Sure. So that sounded cool to me. Then I saw this and I'm like, that's not what this is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number five and final on the Roper Report, Fallout 76's Battle Royale mode is going to continue. This is from Bethesda and Fallout themselves. We've been blown away by the reactions and responses we've been seeing all week to Nuclear Winter. It has been so amazing to read your experiences and see everything you've been sharing. There are so many incredible up-and-coming overseers. Vault 51 is lucky. With all the excitement and popularity, we wanted to let you know that the pre-beta sneak peek of Nuclear Winter will remain on and continue to receive updates so thanks for sh- so sh- keep sharing your feedback there's more to come thank you again for playing sharing and being the best community there is 
Of course, at E3, at the Bethesda conference, uh, they shocked the world when they talked about uh, the future of Fallout 76, right? This fall getting NPCs, having storylines that matter and quest lines and decisions that matter. On top of that, they launched Nuclear Winter and it was going to be just a few days of this uh, tease of what this uh, battle route would become to be. However, they saw so much success, they decided to continue it. And Andy Prince wrote in about it to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. <laughs> Welcome back. You don't need to read this on air. Too bad, Andy. <laughs> Fuck you. You're right in. I'm going to put it on the show. Just want to say nuclear winner from Fallout 76 is pretty fun for a battle royale mode. Experience carries over to adventure mode, and you don't lose anything from your character by playing. As you level up in nuclear winner, you get items slash icons for adventure mode. Last thing, you can build stuff, but it doesn't use resources. Stuff like turrets are, item, are items you have to loot, but you can build a sweet fort tower in a single player. Blueprint, save it, and then use it for no resources in uh, nuclear winter. Hope to see you out there. Have a great week, Andy Prince. Always happy Fun. to get a uh, uh, hands-on report of something. Yeah. However, I didn't need it. I played it myself. Ooh, what'd oh. you think? Um, it's exactly what you've seen me play every other battle royale in the world, right? Like, first off, it was it's team-based. I didn't see an option to get into solo play. I was like, meh. So I just randomly teamed up. They all got killed right away. I hid for a long, long time. Then I was ready to kill the guy. This guy came up, got a whole bunch of good shots on him with his Tommy gun. He's going to go down. Then his crew came up, and they killed me. Yeah. Yeah. But... It was interesting. It was fun. I, I mean, what my, the, 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 you know, the biggest thing about Fallout 76 and me, right, is what I did immediately was, all right, cool, left that and then went and played adventure mode for a few hours. Yeah. Ran around questing, doing my things, picking back up, trying to figure out what the hell's going on in that world. Mm-hmm. You know, realizing I was running a mis- miscellaneous quest that were like for level 26. I'm like level 15. I was like, oh, I got to get out of here. Found back to the main story, ran around, did that stuff. Had a, had a fun time. Yeah, Thought about hitting up Grimecraft. Time. Yeah. Thought of, I saw Grimecraft playing Monster trying Hunter to get World. Them vaults. Of course, I, I, I need somebody to come back in with me in Fallout 76 and just get me going again because I left off and now I'm like, wait, what was I? What, what, what workbench was I trying to create? What, what I know I was trying to harvest ski poles uh-huh. from the ski lift area because I was trying to make something. I don't remember what I was trying to make anymore. Like I'm in that part with it where I'm just and so it's a little bit freeing because it is. I just run around like I scrap everything. What the hell do I care? You know, I use the shotgun. The shotgun breaks. No big deal. Mm-hmm. But there's something there still. Fallout 76 because what I had been doing all weekend is playing Doom. Picked up Doom. Yeah. We're going to talk about this. Yeah. We're going to talk about this on Gamescast. So I'll get yeah. deep into it. But then uh, when we came back from the movie Saturday night, I was like starting to wind down and I didn't want the Doom experience at that moment. I wanted something a little more chill, like r- r- roaming around West you Virginia. You a little Bethesda weekend. That's what I do, man. Wow. That's what I do. You know what I mean? <laughs> Pete Hines. I don't know what that means. Uh, Tim? Yeah. I'm excited to see what Bethesda brings us next with games like Deathloop. But Deathloop oh, yeah. is still so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, like say what came to the mom and grab shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Company Games Daily Show host each and every week. Yeah. Out today. Insurgency Sandstorm is getting new maps, modes, and weapons today for the upcoming Steam Free Weekend. Uh, Crazy Defense Heroes. Crazy Defense Heroes. Is launching on Google Play. Fighter's Legacy is on PC. Speaker Man is on PC. Urban Tales on PC and Mac. Car Trader Simulator is on PC. Golden Treasure. The Great Green is on PC and Mac. Chukin so sick the walk the plank. A PC and Mac. That was when I looked at him like, I gotta think before I say any of these words. Uh, and then Sea King is on think. Switch. I just ran into it. Gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, new dates for you. Ark Survival Evolves Valgero map expansion is gonna launch on June 18th. Joey. That, that, ladies and gentlemen, is what I call an E3 hangover. Yeah, like it, it was that it was hard with the news. To, oh, going yeah. out, waiting out into the news today, the release dates, my inbox. It's like the industry has not recovered from it mm-hmm. being E3 last week. So we needed to get in there that away. I got it, man. Tim? Yes. It's time for Reader Mail. It is. But first, 
Let's talk about our sponsors. Let me tell you about Grubhub. Grubhub helps you find and order food from wherever you are. How it works, you type in an address. We tell you the restaurants that deliver to that locale, as well as showing you droves of pickup restaurants near you. We use Grubhub. We love Grubhub. We love Grubhub. Yeah. We survive on Grubhub here. Kind of funny. How often is there a time when we're too busy between shows to be able to to actually go out and get lunch? Or Literally three out? times a week. At least if you watch the Kind of Funny Game Showcase, what did I put? I put out we, it was us in front of Squat and Gobble, and I said we order from here too much. And here and it this is. is Joey Noel Grubhub dust some <laughs> some Squat and Gobble some SNG for the world here. What do we got today? Uh, today I ordered. Today she ordered. She ordered breakfast. Ooh. I don't know. Is the mic on? That's usually the problem, Kev. <laughs> little bacon. We got some bacon, and then we got some yogurt parfait with strawberries Ooh. and bananas, which I'm really excited for. Kevin, do you want some of the bacon? Yeah, can you bring me a piece? Yeah, bring it over there, though. Yeah, don't. Yeah, put bring it all over there. I don't want to be eating in front of the mics. Y'all right, been getting up. lax on eating in front of the mics. You can filter your results uh, accordingly to whatever you're looking for. Uh, if you want to be specific about cuisine, restaurant name, or menu item, when you find what you're looking for, you can place your order online or by phone, free of charge. Uh, Grubhub gives you access to your favorite restaurants' reviews and a 24/7 customer care team that tracks each order and makes sure you get exactly what you want. This is great. Yep. This is how you get wing wings, right? Uh huh. Send to your to your house when you're you're lonely on the weekend and you just need to get some of them wings yeah some of them wings uh if, the we, can, if we can are we allowed to just call people out on in ads because i'll tell you what wing wings changed their delivery zone really pissing me and jonathan dornbush off but i'll stop mm, mm. uh you can get ten dollars off your first order of fifteen dollars or more by downloading the grubhub app and using promo code kind of funny so all you got to do to get ten dollars off your first order of fifteen dollars or more by is download the grubhub app and use promo code kind of funny grubhub keep grubbing that's not the same. Uh, up next is Brooklinen. Making your home beautiful is the ultimate form of self-care. You spend a third of your life in the sheets. You don't want them to be. Why wouldn't you want them to be insanely comfortable? Mm -hmm. And now, with that warmer weather is here, uh, maybe it's time to switch up your sheets and duvets to something a little breezier, lightweight and soft. Check out our newest linen collection with a beautiful assortment of colors. These are luxury linen sheets and robes without the luxury markups. Brooklinen was the first direct-to-consumer bedding company, meaning they get to work directly with manufacturers and directly with customers. No middlemen. Just a great product and service. They've got 12 beautiful linen colors and patterns to choose from. It's in their name, so if you so you know it's good. Mm -hmm. Brooklinen's newest linen collection is amazing. Uh, of course, you know it's me, Greg Miller. I wouldn't. I sleep on these things all the time. I do need new Brooklinen sheets. Mm -hmm. This is probably the time to jump on. It's now the perfect time. I, I was actually thinking about because I also use Brooklyn and sheets. Yeah. Since it has been hot, I was gonna just get it, just a, a sheet, an oversheet, because yeah. I don't have one of those. Oh really? Well, you know, um, top sheet. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't. Sure, yeah, we sure. don't do the top sheets at in the, the Gutty's household. Uh, but I was thinking, am I could do that? But this sounds even even more enticing. Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer to my listeners: get ten percent off and free shipping when you use the promo code Games at Brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so confident in their product, and all their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. The only way to get ten percent off and free shipping is you use promo code games at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code games, Brooklinen. These are the best sheets ever. And then finally today, it's Quip. It's time for spring cleaning. Quip's got the easiest way to start with your brushing habits. Just two minutes twice a day can help you pave the way to a healthier mouth and mind. And now the whole family can get refreshed with Quip. The new Kids Quip has the same two-minute timer and guiding pulses as our original with no childish gimmicks. So they can brush like a grown-up. Uh, the new brush is just the same as our original version, just tweaked for smaller mouths. Kids are inspired to brush better and more often with oral care. That looks and feels like the products adults in their life use. And they're proud to use Quip. Help them develop a grown-up routine without 
without childish uh, gimmicks. Kid-friendly features like a small brush head, watermelon anti-cavity toothpaste, and a rubber grip handle and colors the little ones will love. Of course, you know we all use Quip here. The reason why, of course, Tim. What's wait? I have a heartbreaking story. Okay. I left my entire toiletry bag in Los Angeles. You know you called including my Quip. I called the hotel. Uh-huh. They have they can't find it. What? I don't believe them. No, somebody stole my Quip. Somebody stole the Quip for sure. Somebody yeah. stole my Quip. But I love Quip so much. I'm buying it again. That's what I like to hear, of course. Of course, it was said that they'd brush it. You, you brush for two minutes. It pulses every 30 seconds. Let know when you switch. Uh, the auto, they automatically deliver the uh, brush heads every three months for just $5. So you're just right. The dentist would like you. And then, of course, it comes with travel accessories to make it very easy, which is why I'm taking it on the road to go see uh, Jen's folks this week. And it's I will not forget it at their house. Do not forget it. I love it so much that I'm once again going to get the limited edition black on black one. Because nice. it's just too it? good. I, this, is, this sounds like I'm making this up. I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I swear to God. I would say once a week, Gio walks in, walks out from the bathroom. It's just like, I love your setup so much. It's just so sleek and sexy. And I'm like, you're talking about my and shampoo. And then we just out. start making out. We have such good breath. That's why we love Quip and why over 100 happy miles do as well. Quip starts at just $25. You can go to getquip.com slash games right now and get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash games. Uh, here's reader mail, but instead I want to do it. You're wrong. Andy Prince writes in and says, you can choose to play solo before you click on nuclear winter in Fallout 76. At the bottom of the screen, when you select adventure slash survival uh, slash nuclear winter, you'll see fill team on and off winky emoji. Now, Andy's where I turn it on you and ask if you're fucking wrong. Because if I was to turn off Phil team, that would be me versus a team of four people, right? Yeah. Does that sound like solo mode to you? Do you think I'm fucking stupid when I play these games, Andy? God. Do me a favor. Walk out to your car. Open the door. Put your hand in it and slam it on your fucking hand, wow. Andy. Don't do You're that. You're getting Kev all revved up. Don't. Kev liked the way you talked to Andy there. Legally he liked it in the beginning. And then when I started threatening we're violence upon Andy to actually, he was that. like, whoa, wait, wait. Back it off. Back it off. Beep. If beep, you're doing that, beep, that's on your own. Beep. The Sheep Whisperer writes into patreon.com slash kind of games. Jesus. Thank you for all your hard work during E3. I have an inquiry about the up and coming Zelda Link's Awakening remake. Is the price pat, price tag sorry, of $59.99 a little steep for a remake of a 26-year-old Game Boy Classic game? Don't get me wrong. The refreshing and unique art style is fantastic, and the story is great. Parentheses, from what I remember uh, from the DX edition on the 3DS I played some years ago. But... Considering that it's a remake of a Game Boy game, wouldn't it $39.99 to $49.99 be a more acceptable price point? If the $59.99 is non-negotiable price point, what features could be added to justify this to the fans? Princes, is the Dungeon Builder the only known edition at this point? The Dungeon Builder is the only known edition at this point. Um, yes, it is ridiculously steep for a Game Boy remake to be $60, but that's the Nintendo tax. Not saying that's okay. That's just the reality of how things are. Does it make sense that Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze was more money on the Switch than it was when it first came out on the Wii U? No. Did it happen? Yeah. Is it still that price? Yeah. That's just how things are. What could they add? This isn't like an upraised version of it, though, right? Like, this is a built from the ground up? It's built from the ground up, and it's pretty as all hell. One of my games of the show. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, saw that, yeah. I loved it. I had a great time with it. Can't wait to dive back into it. And it did feel like a fresh experience. That's uh, my thing is I don't I, I don't think it's. Uh, crazy. I mean, uh, how many? Uh, I'm getting the normal-ish amount of Zelda hours out of it when I play it, or is it a short game? Yeah, but it I've was, never it's played a it Game Boy game, so it's like there, there. It is different. It is like a smaller experience, right? Like sure. the map isn't as big as the Link to the Past map, right? Like, yeah. Am I getting 20 hours out of it? Yeah. Then I mean, like I, I just, I mean, I feel like okay, they're using the blueprint 
of what it what came before but if it's not just like oh we put hd sprites in the game then that yeah. would be a different story i mean it, it's just an interesting thing to think about the fact that Link's awakening came out was 30 dollars. yeah and now it's double the price inflation bro. 20 years later yeah more than that you know what i mean like that's it, like last year when uh let's go pikachu and eevee came out it's like that was also Sixty dollars games. They expect you to buy two of them. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, like Barrett was a silly, silly boy when we were watching the the Pokemon um, Sword and Shield press conference or whatever it was, something. And they were talking about, oh, there's the dual pack. You can get Sword and Shield together. And he was like, oh, it'll probably be like a twenty dollars discount. I'm like, no, there won't. It was going to be the same price. Yeah. And lo and behold, it was the same price. This is how Nintendo does things. Their games don't drop in price, and they just kind of stay there. And people are going to buy them for this. But at the, like. In defense of it, it's a beautiful game, and like that art style was not cheap, was not free. The love and care being put into this game that is clear from a second of looking at it, let alone playing it, um, it's worth $60 to me, I can tell. Um, and I'm a believer of don't put shit in just to put shit in. And I firmly believe this dungeon builder is just put shit in to put shit in. Sake to make it seem like, oh, what we're, is it? Explain to me. We saw it in the. We saw it. In the direct, we were like, oh, I don't understand what that is. Maybe it's, it'll shut Jared Petty up finally. Yeah. Then you went and played it, and you saw it, and you came back and like, nah, this ain't it, Chief. It, I mean, it's whatever. It's just kind of like you're, you're taking just different dungeon rooms and putting them in, in a different order. But like as part of the gameplay? Like like what? I get to a dungeon, and like, there's like some a, ghoul who's like, yeah, baby, make your own dungeon. The, it, it's a side mode, mm. right? It's kind of like Mario Maker making versus playing. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right? It wasn't for me. Whatever. I, it felt very limited. I also did not get my hands on it too long. Um, but the game itself was amazing. The, and that's my thing is like the music. Oh my god, it's so good. And like that again costs money to yeah. Like a lot of it seems actually orchestrated. Looking at it, seeing. I mean, and not even playing it. You pl- played right, but mm-hmm. like looking at what we've seen in the trailers, being a Zelda fan, like I'm like this is a new Zelda to me. I never played uh, Link's Awakening, and even if it wasn't, it just. It seems like, yeah, this is a full-fledged Zelda game. Why wouldn't I pay them the full-fledged price? I understand $30 when it came out, but again, as Kevin yelled, inflation is a real thing. Like, you know what I mean? Those dollars aren't the same dollars we're spending now. Yeah, but if we're going with that logic, then it's like the when Ocarina of Time came out and was however many dollars it was. Like, yeah. I, I think Majora's Mask, when it first came out, was like $70. It's like, that's not... Uh, Breath of the Wild's not $80, $90, $100 now, mm-hmm. you know? So... There's not like a one-for-one one inflation. I just feel it's, I mean, modern video game development costs this much, and that's the way they justify doing this, is selling them at that price. And, yeah, I think it's easy to look at this game and be like, like oh, that's cheap to make, because it it's a top-down 2D thing, but it's like there's a lot of money and investment in R&D into creative art styles like yeah, that, hell yeah. and, and really making sure that it's consistent throughout the, the whole experience. And multiple times in the demo I played, I was wowed by effects happening or how they dealt with fog or, or just like just random little things in the same way that playing like Yoshi's Woolly World you're like blown away by how creative sure. Nintendo can be when it comes to art styles for things that we're so familiar with and just reinventing these old games or old game styles at least 2D platformers top down Zelda yeah, games yeah. like we've seen them so many times but I feel like Link's Awakening is, is doing for top down Zelda games what Octopath Traveler wow. did for um, old school J- the Final Fantasy style JRPGs. Wow. That's a big claim. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. When's it out? September 20th. September. Oh, yeah. The day before Poe's birthday. We the day after this. Kevin's mom's birthday. Uh, Dan Wilkinson writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, so E3 happened. It was the best collection of animated CGI trailers I think I've ever seen. Unfortunately, that's not at all what I want from a show about video games. <laughs> Do you think moving away from CGI trailers is the next step for games? 
I know it's not a new thing, but I don't remember ever seeing them in that quantity before. For me, they are literally irrelevant marketing. For a video game, an unrelated, different studio made CGI's animated short and logo reveal gives me absolutely nothing. If anything, it makes me hesitant and puts me off the game. Video games should speak for themselves, cutscenes and gameplay only. If it is not, quote, in the game, uh, you've wasted my time and wasted your money. Hope you all had a great time at E3, and I'm glad it's back to work as normal. Dan Wilkinson. The further I get away from E3 this year, the more I realize how much I enjoyed this year's E3. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of just, we're just so, I don't want to go down the entitled route. It's not that. Well, I said this on the show, and and I'm including us and me, and I'm not saying the audience or the consumer. Everyone who loves video games, we're spoiled. We're spoiled. There's so much awesome shit on a daily basis now. The the level is so high now for, for games to either be good the quantity of good games coming out, the way games are announced, the rate at which games are announced. Like back in the day, and I say that as in five years ago, you had to wait till E3. There was this only one time a year where things would happen. Now things are happening constantly and we still have the same expectations out of E3. And I still think that with, with with that in mind, it still did a good job of having a lot of genuine surprises this year. Talking about the CG stuff, it's always kind of been that way and it's always been a lot of smoke and mirrors when it comes to... Uh, what's gameplay, what's not, or whatever. I think that it's always case by case, and seeing a CG trailer of Deathloop got me really excited. Seeing a CG CG trailer for Gears 5, not so much. Halo got me excited, but I wanted more. And it's like I feel like all three of those games have very different things going into it. Deathloop, new IP, it's not coming out right now. We'll see gameplay next E3. Like that's kind of the promise, yeah, like, yeah. the track that's on. Gears, it's coming so soon. Like how the, the gameplay should be the thing exciting me for that. And I thought that was a letdown not seeing it. Halo, it's like we know what that game is. And I, I want them to to prove to us what that game is because it needs to show us it's the God of War. We needed the God of War 2016 E3 demo um for Halo, and we didn't get it. Yeah. So I just think every game's different, and the CG stuff, CG stuff is part of the game, especially now, especially looking at Final Fantasy VII. Advent Children back in the day, the CG movie was crazy because it was like this impressive showcase of what CG can be. Now the game just looks like that. I, I think you're not stumbling upon it. You're hitting upon it in where I fall on this, in that if we want E3 to continue, this CG trailers are going to always be a part of it because it is just such a different event to different games to different companies of what you can show right and i understand that okay let's take away all the cg trailers from bethesda's conference it's either a super short conference or it doesn't exist at all like it is their chance to come out and market things and run commercials and for their games and i don't mean it in a dirty way i mean it in a way that legitimately like we're publicizing what we're working on and making announcements for ghostwire for Deathloop, and those games are not ready for prime time those games are not ready for big demos those games maybe aren't don't even make sense as that's how you explain it in the five minutes you've been allotted during the press conference of what it is you can drop these hints like you're saying drop the trailer right now for a game that isn't ready for prime time with that then being the promise that guess what at next year's e3 you're probably going to get a deep dive into gameplay of it and then i think you're nail on the head with like gears was such a weird thing of showing us the cg trailer of the head moving around exactly like just show us the game of that like don't if you have austin creed and aj styles don't just leave them under there let them play bring them out on stage and let them play for a little bit and show us what's going on do something cool with that it is a a avengers is the last one i want to bring up just like terrible terrible why would you not like why are you going to show that cg and then not have any gameplay some of it was gameplay right because you talk about it being the bridge stuff but that's that's not real gameplay though. There, there wasn't a HUD and stuff sure. there. It's like and sure. they they 
And again, it's all case by case. I feel like in other situations for different games, I'd look at it and if they did that type of thing where it's like a trailer of a bunch of gameplay, but like they're breaking the camera a little bit or whatever, I'd still count that as like, oh, it's in-game, whatever. The Avengers tried to trick you where it's like a lot of that stuff, it was in between CG stuff mm-hmm. and like without a HUD, it's like, it's not clear that that stuff's gameplay. Like everyone had to be like, what's game? I think Dustin Legary broke out. Like here's the 15 seconds of actual gameplay from the five minute gotcha. trailer or whatever it was. And it's just like, we shouldn't have to, like work that hard for work it. that hard to to understand what it is based on seeing behind closed doors demos. Yeah, but do, so then Dan's question is: Do you think moving away from CGI trailers is the next step for games? No, I, I think, think it all works as a system, right? It all I, works as a harmonious system, and sometimes it can be pushed one way or, or the other too much, too little, right? Where yeah. it is like I, for Death Loop. That game sounds really interesting, but if the gameplay isn't there yet or they're not happy with it, is that what I need is a 10-minute demo of them playing Deathloop for me to understand Deathloop? Do I want the boring, hey, this, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Deathloop. Here, here you can see our protagonist doing this, that. Like, I don't need the spoken over developer diary either. Yeah. I think E3 press conferences are at their best when there is a healthy combination of, hey, here's a reminder about a game coming real soon with a small little update. Yeah. Here's a deeper dive into a game you're going to get to play in the next couple months to half year. And here's a tease at the future and why sure. you're investing sure. in this ecosystem. And I think that Nintendo did that best this year. Um, but I, I still feel like CG trailers have a big part in at least one third of those things. Yeah. 8 Ryu 73 writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, hi, Greg and Tim. My hype levels for Fantasy 7 Remake are through the roof, and March is long, long way away. Yeah. What do you think the chances are we get a demo from the... I'm sorry, what do we get the E3 demo I'm going to do on PSN? You think you got that the Pizza Hut demo on E3 on the <laughs> PSN? I'm going to say zero. Yeah. Anytime soon. Square's weird about demos, though. Like, they release chunks of their games in ways that I would have never expected. I remember even with Final Fantasy 15, like, they kept dropping the free trailer or demos and, and that were weird demos that weren't even part of the game so they make some weird decisions yeah. um but i don't think anytime soon where you guys are going to get to play it which is a real bummer a shame because damn oh it's that'd so be good. cool if they released it i just think it's too soon yeah. i don't think that serves any like they can wait they've huh? won people over right now like there's there's nothing they need to prove about final fantasy 7 remake that they didn't at their conference no okay. like, and i think that the conversation around it is proof of that get closer into to next year we'll see okay well on this final fantasy 7 train lee writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games i'm aware and says hey greg and tim welcome back so tim's hype level for final fantasy 7 remake has me super stoked about it i was originally tempted on it but after square conference and tim's reaction that changed the original did something that i hate in rpgs where you have to basically choose your party right off the bat and you have your main three and that's it no other party members get xp etc did they mention anything at the demo about this now if it's just midgar it won't be too many characters however can you play with all four at once or is it still just three Mm, i see what you're saying um in the demo of everything we saw, there was no moment where there was even the potential for four characters, if I remember correctly. There's one scene where Eris, Aerith, whatever you want to call her, kind of like runs off, and then it is just the other three. Uh-huh. Uh, but that seemed like a story beat that they're they're adding instead of like a actual gameplay thing. Um, you can switch between characters live while battling using the up and down on the D-pad, uh, but I can't imagine the the HUD 
and the user interface having room for four. Okay. So I think it's going to be stuck to three still. And I also think having four could be a little too overwhelming at any given point. And it's four plus, especially later um, in the game. Spoilers. But, yeah. Just uh, let you know. Just saying. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think that they'll just figure out the XP system differently because I don't think you're going to... It's not going to function the way the original did, I don't think, in that only the people in the battle get experience. I think it's going to be a bit more story-based where the team gets experience somehow or I'm not really sure, but... Um, Especially with how the demo played, like there was, you could just play the entire thing as Cloud if you wanted to, or or as Barrett or as whoever. We didn't. We only got to play as Barrett and Cloud. But okay, dude, I'm like hooked on this Final Fantasy VII hype train, man. I replayed the the Pizza Hut demo, on the flight back on on Switch, and just to compare the original game to the the the, um, the remake, and I'm just like. There's just so much shit that I like didn't even realize having not had it back to back where the demo's so expanded on. Yeah. It, it, it's such a great experience. And like they did such a good job paying homage to it, but then just expanding it into this like beautiful world. Um I keep listening to all the distant world soundtracks I'm and glad, stuff man. now on Spotify. Final Fantasy music. Yeah, thank you for pointing um, that out, Jake. But man, it's cool. just Final Fantasy Seven hype, baby, all over. You got a little bit of time left though. Ah yeah. Don't worry about it's it. Okay. Don't get hyped out. You know what I mean? If that's even possible for you. I don't think it is for this game. I believe yeah. in this game, man. It's not like some of the other Square games where it's just like, I'm excited, but you're, this is yeah, like, I'm like, I am in. I am yeah. so in. Would you say you're in more in on this than Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy 100%. 15? Yeah. Yes. Wow. This. Every, I've what got about to play it? This just that it, it's just like what you saw is done right. Yeah. They're doing it all right. It's like, I feel like this was the easiest one to fuck up because we're basing it against childhood nostalgia classic, we're basing yeah, yeah. it against our memories of this game and it's better than it in my opinion so far just what you see yeah yep huh it's gonna be an interesting one to watch mm-hmm. you think they hit the release date they don't slide i do okay 2038 pokemon ceo gets the final question of the day at patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says tim what are your thoughts on there not being a national dex in pokemon sword slash shield for non pokemon players you cannot import pokemon from other games to play with if snub bowl is not in sword slash shield you cannot transfer snub bowl in you know this, snubble. i know snub bowl so well it's this, like a pikachu he was the the pink the dog? dog thing. Yeah, yeah it was cute. I yeah. liked him, actually. Uh, this is a feature fans pay for with Pokemon Bank, soon to be Pokemon Home. I'm worried how this backlash is impacting employees' mental health. I've never seen the Pokemon fan base act this way before. When times like this happen, is there a way to show support for the employees? Do you have leadership advice to give when crisis PR situations happen? So this is a crisis right now? People are flipping out? Oh, yeah. I hadn't heard anything about this. Very, no very, very, very upset about it. Um, All right, so basically, you, the, I, I can pay for the Pokemon Bank. Basically, you're limited to certain Pokemon in Sword and Shield and eventually probably they'll open up the ability to transfer all of the old ones from the other games hundreds and hundreds of them and people pay for a service to be able to store all those Pokemon so not being able to use them in this is kind of a bummer gotcha there's an obvious reason this is happening this is the first console Pokemon game the assets are ridiculously different and bigger than they used to be not all thousand Pokemon are Almost thousand. Totally Pokemon rendered are, are, and ready to go. Ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like they're going to have to, you know, Update work on all that roll stuff out. Yeah, and yeah. go from there. I also think from a gameplay perspective, I was talking about this a lot um, with the reveal of Sword and Shield. I was a little bummed that they have so many Pokemon we're familiar with. I like the idea of just going in fresh and it just being like, you don't know any of these guys. Like we're all in this together of learning these Pokemon. Um, but this kind of feels like a weird half step between all of that. And people are very upset about it. Like the hardcore Pokemon people are very upset that they can't use their Pokemon. This doesn't affect me too much 
when it comes to this. Do you pay for the Pokemon? I make? don't. And um, I like just kind of going in, in fresh and eventually they'll add them all. But yeah, people are rightfully so upset about this. Gotcha. Um, but has been, has it been, has, do you feel the messaging has been bungled? Because wouldn't that make sense? It'd be like, hey guys, we have bad news. You can't use the bank because the assets are such high res. We're going to work on all the stuff. So we're announcing the waves we're going to try to do and stuff like that. It, it just doesn't work that way with this because sure. it's like it is a weird thing where they want you to play the game a certain way. So it's like they wouldn't even want to have that messaging because it's like, it's not about that. That's like kind of just archival stuff for later okay. and like end game and all of that. But like for the core game itself, like they want you to experience this game with the Pokemon they have at play. Okay. Um, with what they're designing. Um, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. It's it's hitting a point where there's almost a thousand Pokemon that's super hard to manage and balance and work through all this stuff. That's not making excuses. It's just a reality. Yeah, the reality of the situation. Um, so we'll see how this goes. To answer your question about the advice to give when crisis PR situations happen, don't get too caught up in it. I think is the the best thing is like just remember that the to look at the feedback and really try to understand what is valid criticism that you need to to act on and what doesn't matter to just like let roll off your back um, and then to to really spend time and ask questions and talk to people both the community and to the team around you and be like what should we do about this what is the right move forward sure but I mean to Pokemon CEO's uh, question here and on top of that right of just like I've never seen it act this way before. And when times like these happen, is there a way to show support for the employees, right? It's, it's I think, to be as level-headed as possible, right? When when there is a PR crisis or situation like this, it's always the wave of emotions, and they're so intense and so fierce and so owned by the person, right? Which is fair and, and understandable. But like you're saying, separate the weed from the shaft, right? Understand what's going on here. Be able to understand they're coming from an emotional state. What are they trying to say? But then also, as you continue to go on, and if you know, you're personally upset by this decision, voice that as respectfully and clearly as possible mm-hmm. without having to be a personal attack without having to you know be crazy about it and then also you have to be there to praise people when they do right right it's always what we talk about with when anything goes wrong or there is a thing to be mad about there's the vocal minority that you know, in the old days in a lot of my old scenarios was literally just the negative people like you know trolls or got lumped in there and stuff like that i just mean like in this instance in particular the vocal minority of people who are uh, invested enough in this to go talk about it though that same vocal minority i and i'm and i'm using broad strokes on the internet usually isn't as motivated to say when they really like something right they like something they don't they enjoy something they enjoy it and put it down whereas when they're mad about something they'll go say something or when they have criticisms to lob they'll go out and do them that way i think it's got to be a balance too of if you right now not in the moment if you're mad about this but when it is corrected or it is done right or you do like something tell them that as well right so that they get enough of the good stuff as long as the bad along with the bad stuff mm-hmm Tim, yeah, it's time to squad up. Let's do it. This is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Give me your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you when everybody plays games together. Today, Rob needs help on PC. His Steam username is Kylar1231. That's K-Y-L-A-R-1231. I'm a best friend from Dublin, Ireland, moving all the way to Vancouver, Vancouver, British Columbia, on the West Coast, Best Coast, at the end of the month. I play a bunch of Rainbow Six Siege with friends back home and will need some best friends to play with on the West Coast servers during the lonely evenings when my European friends are sound asleep. If you want to help out Rob in Vancouver, British Columbia, hit up Kylar1231 on Steam. 
Tim, mm-hmm. we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe. Uh, Nanobiologist writes in and says, to clarify, yes, Horizon and Breath of the Wild released the same week, but it was during the last week of February that Horizon released and led to March the same week in 2017. As you, as I was confused about, as you stated, but more spelled out. Uh, Lord of Pwn says, currently the February 2020 games are Ori and the Will of the Wisps and God of Monsters. Marsh also has Watch Dogs Legions and Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 is also listed as March 2020, but does not have a specific date set. Wow. Yeah, uh, that is a hell of a spring. Stacked year. Um, Andy Prince says, uh, "My hand hurts." <laughs> Earlier, when I was talking about the stack lineup, and I ended in May, and I was like, "Avengers," I'm like, "That's not just Cyberpunk." <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andy Andy Prince slammed his hand in the car door like I wanted him to, Kevin, because he was wrong and tried to call me out on being wrong. And then Evan O says, "There are other differences from the original Link's Awakening. Bottles are not." a part of the original game and the demo Brian at IGN saw, he asked if there would be other differences and he was told yes. So yeah, obviously it's not going to be the exact same game. I'm excited for it. I'll pay 60 bucks I for mean, it. The, the bottles definitely make it worth $60. Yeah? 100%. Because I can bottle up my fairies and carry them around? Yeah. Is, that, is that a Yeah, a I'm, I'm being sarcastic. But yeah. Oh, okay. You're a rude boy. I guess. That's why you're in the cyberpunk gang, though. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Watch live. Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. Watch later. YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Where? The Easy Allies Crossover Gamescast is posted right now. Of course, you can get this show on podcast services all around the globe, along with the Kind of Funny Gamescast, no matter where you get Kind of Funny content. Thank you so much for your support. Consider going to Patreon. Subscribe on the platforms you don't use. It just is a thing you click on, and you're fine. Everybody's happy. Let's run through host for the week. Tuesday, it's me and Andrea. Wednesday, it's me and Gary Witta. Here's where it gets interesting, because I emailed them but it's this morning, so maybe somebody can't do it. Thursday, Andrea and Tim. Friday, Fran and Tim. But that is subject to change those last two days. We'll figure it out. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, it's been our pleasure to serve you. My hand's sweaty.